0: He's blowing his nose, and I have so many questions
1: about how my life got to this point. Go! It's going! It's going! <laughs> it's fucking going! So we did a triple feature, which was. <laughs> Hold on a second. Let's do a let's do a proper opening. Let's pretend like we're not really drunk right now. <laughs> we fail. We can't. We can pretend. Go. All right, welcome to the daily screening. My name is Daily, and with me, as always, my partner in crime, Bartholomew oh, Bart. Oh, hi. Hi, Bart. Hi. How are you doing, Bart? I am drunk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I am also uh, similarly unsober. Um, <laughs> unsober. Unsober. Uh, welcome again. Uh, we've just come off uh, a hell of an evening. Um, that wasn't an evening that was a bender. <laughs> the, the, we're, yeah, we're swiftly approaching that point. Uh, carrot Liquor is back. Um Bart is really trying to get rid of this stuff so uh so we're well, di- so we're so
0: we're drinking it. So I've had I think 5 people drink this at this point and we've put about a quarter of an inch Yeah, may- in the bottle. Maybe.
1: That's being generous, I think. Uh so tonight we had a triple feature. Uh sort of an impromptu triple feature, if you will. Uh tonight's intended daily screening uh after a very thorough vetting process we settled on, of all things, Masters of the Universe, starring Dolph Lundgren. Yes, that's right. It's a movie. It's a He-Man movie. Well,
0: does that imply that he's a star, exactly? Well,
1: I would say he's a star. I watch a, I will watch a movie with Dolph Lundgren. Dolph I, Lundgren oh, yeah. would be... If you Hold show on. me this is a movie and Dolph Lundgren is in it, that is enough of a reason for me to watch that movie.
0: Well
1: that okay. I will watch a movie based solely on the fact that Dolph Lundgren is present in it.
0: But here I think there's a caveat because <laughs> you can't tell that Frank Langella is actually himself. Okay,
1: yeah, okay. Well, let's 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 rewind the tape a little bit. So, Masters of the Universe 1987, it is a uh, big screen adaptation of He-Man, the He-Man cartoon and and toy line of my youth. Now, uh I certainly remember watching a lot of He-Man cartoons. uh, And when I say that, what I mean is I remember the act of watching He-Man cartoons. I can recognize... The figure of He-Man. I remember very little of the actual He-Man mythology story uh, details. I as don't you either. will, do you remember
0: no, anything about no, He-Man? No, not really.
1: I, I kind of remember
0: Hanna Barbera, and that's about
1: it. Okay, yeah. But I,
0: I suspect the reason for that is that, not unlike many other '80s properties, there wasn't much substance.
1: No, but see, it's I kind of a... like. You remember Mask? Do you remember Mask with Cher? What? mask with share share wait you were masked with jim carrey no no
0: stupid <laughs> <laughs> there was an 80s cartoon that i remember i don't remember kinda, i don't remember this at all where there were a bunch of guys and they fought some i don't know you know large criminal it was cobra let's be honest it was okay, cobra okay and and in order to do so they they put these masks on and then i remember there was a camaro that like the doors would go up, Lamborghini style, and become wings. Like I remember. I don't that.
1: know what the fuck you're talking about right now. Because there was no substance. Okay, that's exactly my point. No, no, that's fine. I believe if, that.
0: If I were to show you, you know what? Maybe we should do our pause. And if I were to show you the tra- like the opening credit sequence, I bet, I bet the
1: shit that you would remember no, that. No, I don't think so. I think that's a lie. I think you're a liar. What are you gonna give me if I'm right? I will give you five American dollars. Done. Pause. Alright, I was wrong. I was wrong. I'm sorry. I don't know what the fuck that was. That was... I mean, that looked amazing, but I have no recollection of that whatsoever.
0: Well, that's because... yeah.
1: But, okay, but here's the thing. So, with He-Man, like, I remember... The, like, I, I had a lot of He-Man action figures. I played with a lot of He-Man toys as a kid. Okay,
0: I, I don't know why... I feel parents, like they were, like, kind
1: of like Transformers. Like, the cartoon was okay. pretty much there to sell you toys. Oh,
0: it was. But, I mean, I never had... My parents never bought me action figures. Mm. I don't know why.
1: But, like, I had
0: I had Transformers, and I had Legos. And that was... It. I mean, that wasn't it. I had a Oh, tra- and Dino Riders, because
1: those awesome.
0: <laughs> so were awesome. Do you remember... Fuck you! Do you yes, remember Dino? Yes, I remember Riders? Dino. Riders. Okay, thank
1: you. I, so I had a lot of. It was dinosaurs with lasers. I had. A <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah, it is. Uh, no, I had. Uh, I had He Man. I had. Uh, I had a lot of Ninja Turtles action figures. Never had Ninja Turtles. Uh, I had. A, I had a bunch of Transformers. I had a lot of Matchbox cars, and then I had oh, and Matchbox. Cars. I had Ghostbusters stuff, but I didn't have like Ghostbusters action figures. I had all the full size Ghostbusters stuff, like the. Like the proton blaster with the nerf thing that spun oh, around. that thing. I never had a trap. I always wanted a trap that you could throw out and then the you mind. stepped on and it would open up. Our birthdays are coming up. I they they are. I I really, I'm really. i clearly not going to remember this. I so. really want that prop replica of the proton bag. It's so cool. It's, it's so cool. I want we, it so bad. We have to get two of them. I know. Uh, so anyway, and so I have, you know, like we were watched so we watched Masters of the Universe. I... There were a lot of laser pistols involved. I don't remember laser pistols being involved in He-Man. Maybe they were. Maybe I I'm just blanked out. I remember him having a sword. I remember the sword being very important, but I don't remember there being a lot of laser guns a in that movie. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's... It, I, I mean, look, that whole movie just seems... Aside from the fact that Dolph Lundgren is playing He-Man... So, look, obviously the acting prowess of Dolph Lundgren only extends so far. Uh, but, you know, that that aside, uh, the, the whole thing seems very ill-advised. Well, the, the, it was. Well, I mean, the whole movie takes place on Earth, which is silly, because that has nothing to do with the cartoon. It's like... It's like they said, "Hey, we have the rights to this character and this cartoon that has a lot of name recognition, so we're going to make this movie, but we don't actually want to pay to have a lot of alien planet sets and costumes and props and shit. So, they let's get them let's just put them in suburbia as quickly as humanly possible, right. and then they can invade the prom sound check. And that will be really exciting, guys. I promise. Well, I, I mean, it clearly was exciting. It, it,
0: it, <laughs> to who? Was, I
1: don't know whom.
0: It, it, it was like watching like Star Wars and a little bit of Thor and.
1: Yeah, no, I like, was. Like Buffy. I was at shocked at time. how. Just the insane degree to which it felt like the whole movie was ripping off Star Wars. Considering just how little He Man. Mm-hmm has in common with Star Wars. It just felt like all of Skeletor's minions are dressed like stormtroopers. Or, well, no.
0: They were dressed like knock. You know what they were like?
1: The two guys who pull the trigger on the Death Star. It That's was, exactly yeah, what they yeah, look like. It was, yeah. it was those two they had the guys. the pointy beak helmets.
0: Sla like, it, it almost felt like Less of a rip-off of Star Wars and more of a ripoff of Spaceballs to me. <laughs> it's just like there there was a step in there
1: somewhere. Yeah, no, it yeah, it lies somewhere between the two. It's not I mean yeah. we
0: both well you actually said it, but I was thinking it when you said it. I'm surrounded by assholes. Yeah,
1: no, that's the general sense you get while watching this movie. Frank Langella plays. uh, I don't know how to say his fucking name. Is it Langella? Is it Langella? Is it Langella? I'm gonna go with Langella. I call him Skeletor. Well, yeah, he plays Skeletor. Not that you'd fucking know it from any indication from the movie. There, you. It doesn't. He doesn't look like himself. He doesn't sound like himself. Obviously, he's in heavy makeup because he's playing a skeleton man. But like, if I didn't tell you in advance, hey, that's the guy who played Nixon and got. An Oscar nomination for playing Nixon—you'd never fucking know it was him. You know him. what
0: popped into my head? What's when that? You, when you told me, well, not when you told me. Like I, I knew it was Frank Langella when we started watching the movie, but then as I as he started to be on screen, what popped into my head the most? What's was that? An Animal House.
1: It, like Sutherland,
0: Animal House. Yes. Like Sutherland. Yes. Like like f- like
1: this is the guy we hired to give this movie credibility. Yes. <laughs> and
0: we're gonna pay him a fixed amount.
1: Uh huh. And then, isn't
0: that the story with Animal House? Yeah, no, yeah,
1: no, the story with Animal House is that, uh, (coughs) they wanted to make, they wanted to make Animal House, uh, they wanted to hire mostly Saturday Night Live guys, uh, uh, D-Day was supposed to be, uh, Dan Aykroyd, and...
0: Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah,
1: D-Day was supposed to be Dan Aykroyd, and Otter was supposed to be Chevy Chase, um, it was basically gonna be, like, a movie full of Saturday Night Live guys, and then, uh, the only one who ended up doing it was was uh, Belushi. Yeah. But so they had this movie, they had this cast set, and the studio sort of said, like, look, we don't you don't have a movie star in this movie. Like, you need a star that we can like you know put in a commercial and that we can kinda of sell this movie on. And so they hired Donald Sutherland to play the professor, and they told Sutherland in advance, look, uh, we will either give you we will either pay you a flat rate, or we will give you a percentage of the of the back end, and he said, "Well, this is fucking, this is not going to do anything." Yeah. And took the flat rate, and now obviously it's, it's Animal House. It's a fucking yeah, exactly. It's fucking Animal House. Um, yeah, you know, and you know what? In a way, it wouldn't surprise me if they gave the same deal to Langella, Except and that he
0: did it the right way. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, exactly. If he took the if he took the back end percentage, man, did he he he, <laughs> he chose poorly in that situation. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, no, Billy Barty is there. God rest. Uh, oh, God Billy, rest. Billy, Barty, God rest. Under, under pounds of fingers. latex. Oh, poor uh, and a lot of, uh, unfortunate artificial hair. Um, there's a guy well, who he looks... Well, he
0: was cross between okay. Yoda and Station.
1: Station, yes, he, no, and, and by the time he literally... Like, you made that joke, like, (laughs) halfway through that he looks like Station from Bill and Ted. It it took me a couple of minutes to figure it out. But he's literally, he's like an inventor and his, like, invention that they're using that the whole movie fucking, like, it folds in on is a music-based instrument. It's like a, it's like a a portal generator that works off of musical tones, which means that he literally is Station. Yeah. (laughs) He
0: also had the best entrance of any entrance in any motion picture of pink all time. In No. Well, that too. But be before that, no, his first entrance. Do you remember his first entrance in the
1: movie? When he's being carried in on the net?
0: He's in a... No, he's not even being carried. He's in a net on the ground and he just goes...
1: <laughs> and
0: he's, like, he's like off in the corner of the screen. Maybe he's even off-screen. All the other kids go, what the fuck was that? And it's Billy Barty in latex. And it's just like, oh. Yeah,
1: the whole thing's pretty unfortunate. And that doesn't even, you know... So, you know, obviously, that's all of the Eternia stuff. Uh, aside from uh, fake Shredder and... Oh, uh, Blade. 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 His, his name is Blade. His name is Blade. He looks like Shredder, but he's bald and has an eye patch.
0: He also reminded me...
1: Of, who was it?
0: The janitor in Happy Gilmore, I think. Or one of them. One of the Adam Sandler movies. janitor in Happy Gilmore? What
1: the? uh, I don't don't know. I think you're thinking of Billy Madison when when he's in school. Maybe. Yeah, Yeah, no, yeah. You're thinking of Billy Madison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That is correct. Miss Lippy's class. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I know exactly who you're thinking of. That's
0: what it was. That's what it was. I couldn't place it.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Uh there's a guy there's a like semi 80s hot is it like an 80s semi hot chick with very large hair um Ooh. the 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 Eternia oh, chick oh. The, the she's not- hot for the 80s she's 80s hot yeah. <laughs> okay okay she's she's 80s hot uh, and then there's her her dad. I think he's her dad, right? Is he her dad? It seemed like he's her dad. I
0: who is that from Cochrane?
1: Yeah, yeah, he Farmer Hoggett. He looks like the unholy clone of uh, James Cromwell and Lloyd Bridges. Uh it's it's freakish. Uh, it's, it's
0: cre- it what it is is it's 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 a cross between freakish and creepy. Yeah,
1: it's creepy it's, it's freepy. It's freepy. <laughs> it's freepy. There's a whole scene of just him eating fried chicken. It's ridiculous. Deploy, <laughs> grappling hook! <laughs> and then, okay, look, and that doesn't even get us into Courtney Cox and, oh and God, Lieutenant Tom real. Paris as, like, the hip Earth the, kids. The bo- yeah, the the breakfast
0: club. Shall Literally, we?
1: yeah. They kind of are the breakfast club. Uh, yeah, And, man, Tom Paris... Not, Robert Duncan McNeil not looking too good nah, these days not so good I looked he uh, looks
0: almost as bad as Kate Mulgrew ay-
1: <laughs> man that's the whole Voyager crew is looking pretty unfortunate these days uh, so yeah no there's really I mean is there any redeeming quality to yeah. Masters of the Universe I don't I don't know if there um, is. Dolph Lundgren's giant pecs, maybe. That's not a redeeming <laughs>
0: quality. That's just something you can't unsee. His his intense thighs. You know what? His, his incredible no, please, thigh please, muscles?
1: Please, please stop. <laughs> All
0: right, redeeming qualities of Masters of the Universe.
1: Um. Exactly. Yes. No. No. Stop. You've 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 found the answer, <laughs> sir. You've you've reached the end of the road.
0: Uh, no, I know what it is. Okay, what is it? It's that it's Frank Langella's favorite role.
1: Yes! That's the thing that blew my mind. I, so I've never seen this movie. I've, like, heard lots of it. Obviously, you know, like, I grew up on, on He-Man stuff. And I've read numerous interviews with Frank Langella where he says, it's like, oh, I loved doing that. That was, like, one of my favorite roles. You know, I, you know, my kids really liked it. And it was a thing I could And, like, that he he will, if you ask him, he will tell you in a heartbeat that, like, that's his favorite role is playing fucking Skeletor. Which I don't know if he saw that movie. I feel like he had a lot of fun wearing latex <laughs> and, like, swinging a sword around and shit. But maybe he, he hasn't did. actually seen he the final product. He did fancy gold helmet. He did. He had a gold armor. He had a whole fucking gold, like, wardrobe that he rocked at the end he there. He sure did. Uh, and that laser whip that Blade was using. Like Sunday Night Fever. Man, that was good shit. Uh, yeah, everything Everything about that was, was fucking... Oh, dude... We almost forgot about fucking police lieutenant Strickland. Oh my god. <laughs> Principal Strickland plays a that's, police detective. Okay, yeah,
0: that, that. But he's still oh, Principal
1: Strickland. Yeah, he's, he know, he's still Principal Strickland. That guy will always be Principal Strickland. Maybe that's, maybe... Do you think Principal Strickland is the heart wait, of the ghost I research? think we're there already.
0: It's taken 528 <laughs> measures and we're here. You know why? Because of the ending with him. Yeah. The ending with Principal Detective Strickland is the most amazing thing you've ever seen, because it comes out of absolutely nowhere. And he's here. <laughs> he has found an Eternian he has, wife? He has, for no reason at all, pushed and shoved his way to Eternia. And there's a whole fight sequence in which Skeletor is vanquished, just like the Emperor. No reason. And then all of a sudden, it's Principal Strinkland going... I'm happy. I I've, I've got a great planet and a beautiful wife and a nice
1: view and, and nice clean view. air. And That's he, what he says. I <laughs> have clean air, a nice view and a woman. And he's wearing a toga. <laughs> Where did he
0: get the toga? No when, one knows. When did he change? Like
1: look, pff. if it's not if it's not Principal Strickland then it's definitely Billy Barty. And I don't even know what Billy Barty's character's name was. The, the little elf oh, man. Oh, it was like Grifflock was, or something. I was, I was, it started I, with a G, maybe. I was about to
0: say Grim, Grimlock. Grimlock? Was right. it Grimlock? not Grimlock. Was it Grimlock? Grimlock? Uh, it, Gimli. Let's, Gimli? Just call Let's him call Gimli. Gimli. He looked
1: like Gimli. We can call him Gimli. Gimli. No, I think you're right. I think it's Principal Strickland. It has to be. Principal Strickland definitely is the heart of the Ghostbusters in uh, Masters of the Universe.
0: Oh, speaking of the and, heart of the Ghostbusters, maybe this is the right time. Mm. I need to revisit a couple podcasts ago when we did The Hobbit. Oh, yes. yeah. And that was, that was in, in speaking with... The lovely and delicious... That's not the right word. <laughs> that is not the right word. <laughs> Sorry. Don't talk about my wife that way. <laughs> Jamie made us the, the most amazing etouffee. It's so good. Yeah. Okay, so, um, so
1: while we had this insane movie f- triple feature night, uh, my beautiful wife made us uh, cheddar corn grits, uh, soufflés, and, and, and shrimp, shrimp etouffee, and, and, and i oh, so happy. It is anyway, filled with delicious I was right talking now. to Jamie... Some
0: time ago, and she was and she was talking to me about. She was upset with me because she was making the case. Yes, she was making the case. Pretorial in, for-torial in, in the, Hobbit. the Hobbit, and I, and yeah. I got to thinking about it because we made that podcast right after I saw it, and I was so annoyed with the whole thing. just Strode him on his face, and then just the, no. Was, th- well, yes, it, the whole thing was just laced with disappointment, and and I was annoyed. And but you know, upon, upon further upon contemplation. upon further contemplation reflection, I think Jamie's right. And it's Toriel, and the reason being is that you, my reasoning for choosing not really Smaug so much as uh, Cumberbatch in the motion capture suit, Mm -hmm. you want to have that drink once. Yeah. Once only. But I could see having beers with Toriel, like, repeatedly. And so I think Jamie's right, and I'm going to give her the credit, because...
1: She's right. No, that's the, I, look, I, I she, as you may recall, she was, all, you, me, and my brother, she was all of our collective second choices. Right. We all said, like, well, I kind of like her, but I also like this other person. Right. I liked the old man dwarf, personally. He was my first instinct. Oh, uh, him. Uh, but, you know, uh, yeah. yeah I, I'll, but she... I'll stick with Smaug. Smaug, I mean, why, why, you, you wouldn't. if you could have a beer with a dragon, wouldn't you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe not. Uh, the, dragon the dragon might eat you. That's The fact that the dragon might eat you, that's a legit I might, concern. I think
0: I might choose the beautiful woman instead.
1: That, well, yeah. Uh, I don't... I, uh, I guess. <laughs> correct, correct, sir. Hard to disagree. It's a...
0: Anyway, the yes. other thing I wanted to read to address is I have now seen uh, Wolf of Wall Street twice. Mm. You've seen it once. I have seen yes. And my prediction upon seeing it a second time was that it would be not as funny, because you know old jokes already, and that it would be way more depressing, because that stuff would set in, because it could now. And I it could possibly be a function of the fact that I saw it with not daily, so there and there were just it was still pretty crowded but there was no daily in the audience to laugh really loud at everything. Yeah. So it wasn't anywhere near as funny it was way more depressing Um, but still really good. Uh, True story, sir. That's all I got to say about that. So, we never, we, we've said now, I think, twice or three times that we have watched Triple Feature. We didn't actually say what we watched. That's true.
1: So, we watched Masters of the Universe. Uh, that was sort of our, our official movie of the day, or my, my official movie of the day. Um, and I think I think we're probably done with Masters of the Universe, right? There's really, and look, it's pretty bad. There's not a lot um, to say, um, it is really. Pr- it is pretty much the epitome of uh, indulgent, over the top uh really bad eighties bullshit that there like is, doesn't understand its source material you know and it's not, just capitalizing. There, there on is you know what,
0: there title. is one more thing to say about it. Plus And that? and that's Sahara is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so some years ago and this is the only time I've ever seen Sahara.
1: Yeah. We decided
0: we and who've
1: done it. Well so uh it was I think it was It was in Dartmouth. Yeah, it was uh, Mac, my Mackie our friend Mackie, at apartment. Uh, Mackie's apartment with uh, our friend Christina, and I think Rob was there at the time. Christina and Rob are now married. I don't, I don't remember if he was there or not and, at the time. And Cara was there. Yeah, probably. And so uh, we watched uh, Sahara, starring uh, one of this year's Oscar nominees, uh, Mr. Matthew McConaughey. Um, which, you know, to be fair, I. Actually, I, I I I genuinely enjoy that movie, but I also grew up reading the books Did that that movie racially? is based on. I may have said "actually," <laughs> I'm definitely it's meant review the beers. It's distinctly possible. <laughs> uh, so I grew up reading the books that Sahara is based on: the Clive Custer, Dirk Pitt novels. Um, Which is, you know, the irony of that is that they've been trying to get that franchise as a movie for a long, long time, and that's a series of books, and I mean there are like 25 books about this character, and the one defining trait about this character is that he works for the National Underwater Marine Agency. He's, every book, he's like out in the middle of the ocean, he's diving on shipwrecks, he's, you know, uh, raising the Titanic. Literally, one of the books is called Raise the Titanic. Like, he's always out in the water somewhere doing cool underwater archaeological shit. So, of course, the one book they made a movie out of is the one reason a fucking desert. Well, yes. Uh, but we watched this movie anyway, in college and uh, developed the game called Sahara. Is awesome.
0: Basically, and you have to do this with. And I'm sorry to say, Boone's Farm.
1: Boone's Farm you was the preferred with, liquor of the you day. Have
0: yeah, to do it with Boone's Farm because anything else you will die. Yeah. Um. Basically, anytime anything awesome happens,
1: you drink. You drink. Yeah. And so, and, but there's no rule on what constitutes awesomeness. No, you just as look soon at each as other. Some, as soon as something happens, you get to say. That was awesome, and then everyone has to drink. Basically,
0: and so the corollary to this game is Masters of the Universe sucks fucking ass. <laughs> so, anytime something shitty happens,
1: it, which happens a lot, quite frequently, you drink carrot liquor. Yeah, no, that's well, that's pretty much was our game plan tonight. Uh, that's what's left to say about Masters of the Universe. Uh, right, closed book, done. Okay, so uh, it wasn't the first movie. Today. No, that, well, that was, well, that, yeah, so that was movie number one. Second movie of the day, which, you know, not exactly a movie, but kind of, is uh, Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog, which I've seen many, many times, but Bart had never seen. No. Uh, and it's like 40 minutes-ish, so it's not really feature-length, but, uh, yeah, you know, you it's on the Netflix. You can buy a DVD. It's, so, it's, it's movie It's been in my
0: queue for years and years and years. And I just never got around to it because I never got around to it. And look, I
1: I don't, you know, I have no love for musicals, but that, I I genuinely enjoy the shit out of that. The songs are really catchy and uh, this, I love everybody in that, in that thing and, and everybody involved and like it's. It's a lot of fun. And it's only 40 minutes, so it's not, it doesn't feel like a big tax on me. You no, know? it just sort of stops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. It just sort of, it's like, it ends on this really kind of like, oh, what? Yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous. It's just over all of a sudden. Uh, and then we followed, so we ate that, we watched that because we were, we ate that. We watched that because no, we, we ate were. ate Matches of the Universe. We were, <laughs> we were waiting for uh, the shrimp étouffée to finish cooking. Yes. We had some time to kill. Yes. Uh, And then uh, we immediately ended up turning on The World's End because I sort of idly remarked that, hey, I really kind of want to watch The World's End right now. And And Jamie agreed, and you would never see it. And I had never
0: seen it, and then they yelled at me.
1: It's, oh my God. Dude. So, okay, first of all. Yes. Uh, Thoughts? Yes? Yay? Nay? Oh, shut up. It's, I mean, it's amazing, right? Of course. Okay, so it's really good on the first view. Now you've seen Shaun of the Dead, but you haven't seen Hot Fuzz, right?
0: I'm trying to remember whether I've seen. I don't think I've seen Hot Fuzz. Okay, that's fine. Um, I, I'm gonna. I, I have seen Paul. and What's the other one? I mean, I know that. I know Paul doesn't really. Paul count. Paul doesn't
1: really count. Uh, but I have seen it. No, that's I, really it. I mean, there isn't another one with with Nick with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost together. Okay. That those are the so four that's moves the with them one. together. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. <clears throat> It's really good. It is it's, really good. But like, you know, especially if you, coming off, so for example, the the first two times that I saw World's End, I saw it as part of a triple feature with Sean and Hot Fuzz. Oh. And Sean and Hot Fuzz uh, are both movies that are Sort of really, they're they're very steeped in their premise, mm. um, and I think we we talked about this where you know it's you sort of the hook is oh it's a zombie movie or it's a cop movie right and then there's interesting stuff happening. The uh, World's End is very different because it really has this <coughs> other story it wants to tell about. Um, sort of the value, or lack thereof, of nostalgia, and letting go of the past, and friendship, and it just sort of exists within the framework of this alien invasion, body snatcher kind of story, Um, but... It's really fucking funny. And the the fight scenes are unbelievable. They literally... That first one is crazy. They hired Jackie Chan's fight team to do that movie. Like, that's... I mean, they're not fucking around there. But here's the thing, and here's what you're going to appreciate, like, the second and third time you watch that movie. The timing? Because, well, no. So, well, yes, but no, like... All of, all of Edgar Wright's movies, I think, are movies that sort of get better the more you watch them. Like, mm. you watch Shaun of the Dead the second time, you watch Hot Fuzz the second time, you start to pick up on sort of like subtleties and running gags that you didn't quite get the first time because you're trying to sort out the story or yeah. figure out what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, World's End is, like, the layers of that movie are amazing. Uh the entire sort of prologue of that movie where uh, you're seeing the younger versions of them uh, enact that, that, that first night where they try to do the gold mile the first time mm-hmm. um, and he's doing the voiceover, if you, wa- like, now having seen the movie, the next time you watch it, like, you pay attention to that little prologue, that prologue is the entire movie. Some, like, done in, like, ten minutes. Like, everything that happens in that prologue happens again in the exact same order throughout the movie. Like... Yeah. Like, uh, uh, you know, one guy will fall off at the exact same bar when he's, you know, 18 and when he's, when he's 40. Huh. Um, they get into a fight in the same bar. Like, all the events, they, they, they sit down and they walk, look over the hill and they look at the town just like they do at the very end. Like, everything that happened in that prologue plays out again throughout the course of the movie. Huh. And every single bar like, the name of all the bars reflects exactly what happens in that bar. Like, the bar where they have the fight with all the kids in the, in the restroom is called the Cross Hands, Because that's where they all fight and cross hands. <clears throat> and the, the hole in the wall is the bar where uh, Patty Considine drives the car through the wall and leaves a hole in the wall. Uh, Like, all of the bar names are exactly, like, they reflect exactly what happens within them. The king's head, the sign for the king's head is a picture of Simon Pegg. Like, the picture of the guy on the king's head bar sign is Simon Pegg. Oh, because he's Gary King, right? Like it, every it the the layers of and and there's also like great running gags about like the band names and the band selec- name thing is hilarious and selective memory and like there's all sorts of great jokes to play throughout. But like that is a movie that you literally cannot fully appreciate until the second or third time you watch it. And like I I don't think anyone could watch that movie three times and not think it is absolutely brilliant and so like emotional and hard to watch as well I mean like yeah the, the there's a lot of like serious shit going on in that movie you know yeah I mean
0: I was surprised that it went that that it didn't end where it didn't end
1: oh yeah no the, yeah no and the last like five minutes where it turns like post-apocalyptic is nuts and you, you feel like you could just like that's a whole other movie. It feels like it literally starts a whole other movie yeah. and then just stops after a few minutes. Yeah, I, you know? was,
0: I was I really thought it was going to end when they were looking over the town, and then yeah. it didn't. No,
1: like, oh, and I mean, and, and that's another great one where it's you know uh, uh, Andy Knightley says at the very beginning, sort of like oh, you know. You know the bravest thing you could do is to like go into a bar full of you know yeah. crazy guys with war paint and order and order a glass of water. Yeah, and that's exactly what Gary King does at the end. He literally walks into a bar full of guys with war paint and they've got shit like carved into their skulls and stuff uh, to prove that they're human and orders water. Like, right? I mean that 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 stuff is. But yeah, no, that whole like post apocalyptic shit is nuts. And all of the signage in the movie is really good too. Yeah, like every time they walk this like know banners and signs on the walls and the bars and like oh man the whole thing is just amazing Mm. uh so that was that was movie number three that that we watched this evening uh and look i mean i could talk about the world's end all day i love i love edgar wright i am very very excited for uh ant-man which edgar wright is will be his next movie yeah um and so did you hear the the newest ant-man news that came out this week Probably not. So we we mentioned earlier in the previous podcast, Paul Rudd yeah. will be the main character. Yeah, um, he's not playing Hank Pym. He's, he's playing Scott Lang. Yeah, the guy who the thief who, who, guy. The thief guy. Yeah, uh, they cast Hank Pym. Huh? They cast Hank Pym this past week. Who? Michael Douglas. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It opens a lot oh, of that, inter- that
0: works. I actually. know, right?
1: Because it, like, so Hank Pym is a really dark character. I mean, his sort of defining characteristic in the modern era is that like he beat up his wife and, like, he had a really dark turn like, like... Well, then he made Ultron. Well, yeah, that too, you know? So, the idea, I love the idea, like, you know, Michael Douglas can lend where's a little, the, a, a darker wasp? shadow to the They have... They haven't cast Wasp yet. The okay. the best guest anyone has right now is still Rashida Jones, but there's no. I'm just trying to figure out yet. the age problem. Well, no, and that's the really interesting thing is that it almost gives this theoretically, idea.
0: She should be about the same age as Hank Pym. Well, ish,
1: I, ish. well, I think they'll probably rewrite it so she's the same age, so she's the love interest for, right. for Lang, right? Which makes sense, but... but like it, but it still gives you this possibility that. Hank Pym has been operating as the Ant Man like in secret for yeah. years. Right, because you he know? used to
0: create her too. Yeah, exactly.
1: Shorter. That 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 Ant that you know, Hank Pym created this Ant Man suit, and he was doing stuff for a long time, and nobody knew it. Um, huh. That, there's, I mean, I don't, I don't. How old knows. is
0: Michael Douglas?
1: He's not young. He's not a young man. No, but just got a Golden Globe and very well deserved for uh, Behind the Candelabra. Huh. He played Liberace. He's He's fantastic. I haven't seen, but I want to. He's really good. That just sounds. I mean, that's a. It's a very good movie. Uh, Him and Damon are both really good in it. Speaking of award nominations, this past week was the Oscar nominations. Uh, Now, okay, I'm going to be honest, right? I have not seen a lot of these. Right. Yeah, because I I just haven't. You've seen? I mean, you've seen Wolf. Yes. Uh, Have you seen? I mean, so here, I I I took *The liberty of... Printing out the nominations. Oh, look so at you. Best pictures are at the top. Did you, have you, which are the, have you seen have any of those other best pictures? I have. seen Captain Phillips. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: I've seen Gravity. You've seen Gravity, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I have not yet seen 12 Years a Slave. Philomena, what the hell is it's,
1: that? It's uh, Steve Coogan and Judi Dench. I haven't seen that oh, one either. really? Yeah. The only two best pictures I haven't seen yet are Philomena and uh, Dallas Buyers Club.
0: Well, Steve Coogan and Judi Dench.
1: Yeah, like, I had a lot of head passes to that, and then I just ended up not going. I'm sure it's, like, I'm sure it's good. I didn't think it would get a nomination, to be honest with you.
0: I have not yet seen American Hustler.
1: You're not missing anything, sir.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, hold on a minute, because you said, and I'm pretty sure that the audios will confirm this, that, uh, what's-her-name's
1: talents are being squandered on The Hunger Games. Jennifer Lawrence, yeah. No, she's fine, but, like... But the movie's not that good? No, and that's the thing, it's not a bad movie. It's a fine movie. It's, it's just, just not, not it's anything. Not a, it's is not it? awards caliber. Is it anything? No. Okay, done. Like, I mean it's everybody in it is really good. It's an actor's showcase. And all of the actors in it are very good. But it's not anything. No. Okay, no. Fine. In fact, I had the sort of revelation, so I was looking through all of the nominations in all yes. the different categories, and as you can see, I've you know I made some notes and sort of different things have. in different categories. What I decided was I would, like, happily and without a moment's hesitation, remove almost every nomination for American Hustle, replace it with nominations for Inside Lewin Davis, and have zero regrets about that. Mm. Uh, That's telling. Yeah, actually. Like, and it's not. Look, I don't have a problem with American Hustle, but it's not very. It's kind of like it reminds—it's the King's Speech. It's this year's the King's Speech. Oh, it's very good. It's 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 fine. It's entertaining. The people in it are very good. I have no problem with it per se. But it but won't—but it won't
0: draw my mother's attention like Colin Firth does. No, it's
1: not. Well, no. But I, I you know, it—it's just—or Colin Firth, as she likes to say. <laughs> <laughs> I have no comment. I just—I have there. I don't understand how anybody gets excited about that movie. There's in a year. 2013 is a year of amazing cinema. I have had people who are um, (laughs) less
0: religious, shall we say, than you are. Okay. Tell me that it's really good.
1: Yeah. No, and that's the thing. Does it pander? I mean, is it... No, and that's the... I don't think it's bad. I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with American Hustle. I just don't think it's... I think there are so many things... That are so much better that right, aren't even okay, like in on. the same weight let, let, class. Let
0: me ask you this: If it were a weaker
1: year overall,
0: sure, and it were nominated, would you have a problem with it? No.
1: Okay. No, but I think there are numerous movies. So you know, for example, I so I made my little list here. So Inside Luanne Davis is a fantastic film. Yeah. Uh, Did not get nominated for Best Picture. Um, I think that's probably the biggest glaring omission. If I could make one swap, I would swap American Hustle for Inside Lewin Davis. Um, I think, you know, the flip side of that is, I think American Hustle has a very strong chance of winning Best Picture, which bothers me to an extreme degree. But there are a number of other movies that I would, you know, very easily, like, you know, I was talking about this on Facebook with somebody, American Hustle doesn't even crack my top 10 of the year, mm. you know? Yeah. Uh, there are so many other great movies which, you know, I would never expect to get nominated, but I think are so much better than American Hustle. They're so much more interesting, they're so much more, they're, they're much more daring, uh, they're willing to risk more and to, to try really insane things that really pay off in really big ways. Stuff like Stoker. And upstream color mm. and short term twelve like those are movies that you know like you don't walk out of the theater feeling the same way as when you walked into the theater mm-hmm. like those are profoundly affecting movies yeah whereas which doesn't th- happen all that frequently no exactly whereas you walk out of American Hustle and you go yeah that was fine that yeah. was fun yeah. the music's good they had f- funny hair and what with th- you the funny you know, hair th- look dude look I mean. <laughs> I, I shit you not. The, the opening scene <laughs> of American Hustle is Christian Bale spending five minutes meticulously uh, perfecting Quine. his comb over. Oh, Jesus. Like, like, literally, like, twirling his comb over around the top of his head. <laughs> um, so when I say... And and there's a scene later with Bradley Cooper has, you know, curlers in his hair for his perm. So when I say funny hair, like, that literally is, like, half this fucking movie is the fact that they all have, like, funny hair. And, and wide collared suits and... You know the the makeup and the hair and the wardrobe is a big part of sort of the, and and the music I think is a big part of the appeal of that movie. But like I said, you know all that the, all of the stars of American Hustle, the, you know they're very, Amy Adams, Christian Bale, uh, Bradley Cooper, Jennifer Lawrence. They're all they're all very good. Jeremy Renner. Mm-hmm. Everybody in that movie is very good, but it just doesn't add up to anything that I give a shit about.
0: Okay, well we are talking about best picture nominations yeah. here, so let's let's hold off on some of the. Actors' performances. Okay.
1: Because it's Best Picture. Best Picture. All so right. So yeah, so I made some, I made some little... Okay, right, so we've got American Hustle. Yeah.
0: Um, then Her, which I have not seen yet. Her's is amazing. Yet. Yeah. What, is it, what does that word, yet, mean? <laughs> um, Nebraska, which I have not yet seen.
1: Wolf of Wall Street. Nebraska, you might yes. have trouble seeing. So I'm hoping... I don't know what the... Well, when you buy it. Well, no, this is the thing. What I mean is, uh, you know, obviously a lot of these movies are... Uh, so they come out at the end of the year, but a lot of them come out in sort of limited release, and some of you know, so Nebraska, uh, Dallas Buyers Club, um, Twelve Years a Slave, Gravity, Captain Phillips, like these movies sort of came out late in the year, but they've already sort of come and gone from theaters. Now that they're nominated, I suspect a bunch of them will come back into theaters because you know they've got some they've got some weight behind them, they've got a little momentum. So I suspect we'll see some of these show up in theaters again. I don't know, Nebraska, I really, really like Nebraska. That one feels like it might be hard to pin down. Um, I'm I'm a little skeptical as to whether or not I'm going to be able to find a screening of Dallas Buyers Club or Philomena at this point. So so best picture, uh, the Golden Globes chose 12 Years a Slave for best drama, American Hustle for best comedy. That's an absurd misnomer, by the way. Um forcing to choose between the two of those I picked 12 Years a Slave without hesitation but you don't have to pick from those two no I don't do there's it. lots of others I mean honestly uh, Gravity 12 Years a Slave Her Wolf of Wall Street any of those four movies I would be perfectly fine with at gunpoint I, I would probably pick Her or Gravity okay wait but I don't think those two are going to win I, I, think I don't think true. either one of them is going to win what do you think I think American Hustle might pull this off. It honestly, it, and you're gonna see it happen. Like you're gonna, I feel like everyone's gonna figure this out like 45 minutes into the into the Oscar ceremony because it's gonna be a matter of whether or not the Oscar voters went for the important movie that they should have voted for, 12 Years a Slave, or the sort of fun, you know, lightweight kind of you know, Hollywoody movie, which is American Hustle. And I feel like one of them is going to clean up over the course of the night. So as we start to see some of those awards pay off, you know, it's gonna be one of them's gonna pull, you know, eight or nine wins over the course of the night, and whichever one of those it is, it's gonna end up with Best Picture. I hope it's twelve years a slave. I don't know if I trust the Academy to do that uh, all right, at this so point. Just,
0: let's just come down on this. Yeah.
1: So we're clear for your pick for Best Picture is. What I think is going to win or what I want to what win? What you want to win. I want her to win. Okay. I don't think her is going and to And your win.
0: prediction?
1: 12 years or American Hustle? Probably American Hustle. you got to come down. I hope it's 12 years, but I think it's probably American Hustle. Okay. American Hustle is the prediction. So yeah. right. we'll see, if you're right. I mean, look, we got about uh, we got a, about a month and a half. Month the Oscars half. Yep. are uh, March 2nd, night after my final screening. Um So we'll see how the tides are feeling over the course of the next, you know, 45 days or so. Um, It's like Lent. It is. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I mean, 12 years of American Hustle, those are are your front runners. Mm -hmm. I I hope it's 12 years. I I feel like it might be American Hustle, and that's going to make me really sad. Um, You know what?
0: Don't look Sir, at it that way. Because, well, I, obviously, I haven't, you haven't seen I haven't a bunch, seen but, a bunch of them. So but of the, the
1: ones it. you've seen, which one do you like the best? All right, the ones, again, to recap, the ones
0: I've seen, I've seen Captain Phillips, I've seen Gravity, uh, and I've seen Wolf. That's
1: it. I mean, so, I mean, look, and that's um, the thing. Those are three outstanding fucking films. Between the three of them... Okay, so I actually break this down into more categories
0: because the movie that I think... The, the movie that I want to get it is Gravity.
1: Yeah. The movie that I would get it just of those would be Wolf yeah um yeah I don't think Cameron Phillips is gonna get much no I don't think it will which I, is a shame it, it's, it's really good but it's but it's I, like it's really good but it's overmatched this year yeah you know? I, I also feel like it's been done well, I mean, all of Green... I suppose there's an argument to be made that Greengrass kind of does one thing insanely well. Yes. You know, he... Exactly. He, he does these movies that are based on true stories. He shoots them like documentaries so you feel like you're right there. Right. And, like, look, it's a nobody else can do it the way that Greengrass does, and it is a singular experience. But I suppose, you know, there's an argument to be made that, you know, if that doesn't do it for you, then, you know... That's, I think... That's sort of the end of the game. The you know? reason I
0: would give it to Gravity is because I think of those three movies, I think Gravity is the most important to...
1: Cinema? Yeah, to yeah. cinema. Well, and I kind um, of agree... Uh, I, don't, I don't
0: I don't think it's the best movie of the three of them. Yeah. I think Wolf is.
1: Well, that's why I think... But
0: I think that... I think it's the most important.
1: I agree, and I think that's why uh, I I feel like there's a pretty good chance that Corone could get Best Director. Um, I think fine with me i think gravity. i think gravity will not win best picture but i think there's a very strong chance crone could get best director because like I, I mean and like i said when i when i reviewed that movie it's i mean you watch that movie and you're like they must be in outer space right now i don't know how he's doing what he's doing if they're not in outer space yeah i mean you it's, know?
0: it's it's far and away the best utilization of Just modern film
1: tech. Yeah. No. Um, Exactly. In in a way
0: that I think the trick is that it's excellent, technically excellent, without being heavy-handed. Yeah. Which is hard. No. And I think that's why it has to be so short. Yeah. No.
1: It absolutely it changes the language of film in a way that I at least the language or
0: at least the language of 3D.
1: Yeah. I can't. I mean, I can't think of another movie that feels like this is you know. Other movies are going to be aping this. Other this is going to influence other movies profoundly uh, well, it, in a it, way that nothing else I mean, has. Because you could say the same thing about uh, you know Wolf of Wall Street to a certain degree, but you know w- in a lot of ways, you know Wolf of Wall Street is very similar to Goodfellas in a lot of way. Like it doesn't feel wholly original. It's insanely good. It's an excellent. But it doesn't feel wholly original. What, the way what, that it, well, what it
0: is, it's an it's an
1: excellent movie, but it's not.
0: It it, it doesn't change anybody's game yeah. it doesn't change the game whereas gravity
1: is easily i'm just gonna say it it's the best 3d movie ever made oh definitely period yeah um but this is the thing and this is sort of the opinion i've i've had of with 3d movies for a while which is that you know it's a gimmick well it, In you know, gravity, it's gravity it's not a gimmick right well so here's the thing when you give through you know there's a difference between shooting a movie and converting it into 3D exactly. versus shooting a movie in 3D. Right. And then there's a difference between sh- you know somebody shooting a movie in 3D and master filmmakers yeah. messing with the form and experimenting with new technology and shooting in 3D. So when you see stuff like uh, Scorsese with Hugo or Ridley Scott with Prometheus... Uh, You know, these guys are, and Corona, Corona Gravity is, like, right up there. You know, they're trying new things. They know everything that a camera can do. Baz Luhrmann with Great Gatsby. These guys know exactly what the camera can and can't do, and they are really pushing the limit, and they are trying crazy things, and some of them are unbelievable when they pay off. Yeah. So I would, so, you know, directing, I would love to see... Crone get it. I I really hope he does. I think there's a pretty good chance that he does. Uh, honestly, the only I think the biggest stumbling block will be, like I said, I don't think it'll win Best Picture. No. So a lot of times, directing and Best Picture tends to sometimes go together. Mm-hmm. So if, like I said, if Twelve Years or American Hustle is sort of sweeping the night, then directing could kind of go right all together. Um, and look, and I'd be fine if Steve McQueen won for Twelve Years of Slave because. Damn, son, that movie is great, uh, and and his direction is fantastic. Um, so I would I would be fine with that. But at the same time, you know, dire- there are a lot of big omissions in directing this year, and the same thing happened last year. Uh, Tarantino wasn't nominated last year for directing. Uh, I, Catherine Bigelow, I don't think, was nominated. There was there were a bunch of people not nominated for directing last year, that were like, I don't, I don't, I don't understand why they're not in that category. Uh, this year, Spike Jones not nominated for her, which is, just baffles my fucking mind. If I, like I said, if I could, if I could swap out, uh, David O. Russell, for Spike Jones, like, I wouldn't even think about it. Yeah. Uh, the Coen brothers for Inside Llewyn Davis didn't make it, um, and, and honestly, I would have put Park Chan-wook up there as well, for, uh, Stoker. I mean, just unbelievable. um, But at the same time, like, I, I, you know, in a way, I don't really begrudge most of the actual nominees. You know, I like David O. Russell. I think he shoots a nice movie. American Hustle does nothing for me. But, you know, Alexander Payne, Steve McQueen, Quaron, Scorsese, like, all of those guys deserve to be there. So I don't really begrudge the rest of those choices. But there, it just feels like there are a bunch of people left out. And...
0: It's a stacked year
1: yeah no and you know and it's the same thing with uh, with best actor uh, and actress as well to be honest with you and so you know I was having this conversation with some people online the other day um, it almost feels and you know this might just be because this is an insanely good year for movies there's so much good stuff this year and we're coming off another year last year where again it felt like there were just they, it was an embarrassment of riches. So, you know, I feel like there might be an argument to be made that some of these, that the marquee categories, you know, best actor, best actress, best director, maybe even the supporting roles, Mm -hmm. um, should be opened up a little bit. Just like they opened up Best Picture, um, so it's not just, they're not limiting it to five, I think they... At first they said 10 movies and then they changed it like a year or two later and now it's basically a percentage of votes. Like anyone who gets over a certain percentage Uh of votes is a nominee. Um, I think there's an argument to be made that you should do the same thing with with actor, actress, certainly with director, maybe even with the supporting categories. Um, Best Actor this year is another category that's just, there are so many people not nominated that absolutely deserve to be there. Tom Hanks in Captain Phillips, doing the best work of a, in a decade. Like, he, I mean, it, without I mean, question. He
0: was great. There's and, no getting around it.
1: He's very good through the whole movie, but the last, like, five minutes or so of that movie just are like, they just break your heart in oh, a million absolutely, pieces. Oh, absolutely. I, like, I, I didn't know he still had that in him. to be honest with you. Well, when, what, I mean, when was the last time he did... You literally haven't. I mean, the last time he did... I, I looked it up when I, I wrote mean, that the review. I mean, that kind of character acting coming out of Tom Hanks, no. like, was the last time? The last was... time... I looked it up when I wrote the review. The last time he did something even remotely within this ballpark is Catch Me If You Can. Which isn't nearly at the same level as what he's doing in Captain Phillips, but that's at least you know a similar caliber kind of film, uh, and which he's only the supporting role, right? uh, And that's I think 2003. So that's I mean even that is is your
0: favorite Tom Hanks movie? Just out of curiosity.
1: Yeah, that's tough, man, because I really like leaving
0: out the voice stuff. Well,
1: no, I mean I like comedy Hanks and I like drama Hanks. So you know there are two then. So I, re- I mean, look, big is great. Um, I'm also partial to the Man with One Red Shoe, which is definitely a lesser Hanks effort. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, the Money Pit is a, is one that I love. Mm. Love the Money Pit.
0: Here's a question: Just this is sort of off topic, but when was the last time you saw Forrest Gump? Just
1: out of curiosity. Uh, it's. Been a little while we own it yeah I see it on the shelf we we own it here I haven't watched certainly haven't watched the whole thing in a long time because I, I hadn't seen it since it probably since it came out because I feel like it's a movie that may not age well
0: I, that, I mean I just never gave it I just never gave it the second viewing because I just didn't care yeah and then the other day maybe probably a month ago now even I uh, it was streaming on the Netflix and I watched it yeah and you know what it's pretty good yeah it's a Pretty damn good movie. No, and it's I mean, not. It's not bad at all. It, it, it ages like one of those movies that you can't make anymore. Yeah.
1: Um, and, uh, yeah. No, hanks. Hanks doing some of the best work of his career. Um, I, I I don't know how he didn't get nominated. The only thing I can think of is that somehow he maybe he negated himself with uh, saving Mr. Banks. That's um, fair enough. That's the only. That's the only explanation I can think of. And saving yeah. Mr. Banks really got. I mean, I think it got one nomination. Uh, in one of the smaller categories, uh, I don't remember. Oh, uh, original score. Um, so I, 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 can't imagine that's what it was. But that's the only explanation I've been able to come up with. Um, and look, the Academy loves Tom Hanks. I like. I don't. Wanna, I almost don't understand how they don't vote for Tom Hanks. Bruce Dern is in. Is nominated for Nebraska, and he does some like like career work there. Uh, I thought he was going to be totally overlooked. I figured Hanks would have had it over Dern. Uh, in a heartbeat, I'm psyched that Bruce Darn is in there. I don't think there's a chance he wins, um, but it's nice to see him in there. I mean, the maybe that least. maybe that is its own victory yeah. anyway. Um, Michael B. Jordan uh, for Fruitvale Station. Do it. I mean, he's unbelievable. It's the true story of the you know young guy who was uh, shot and killed basically needlessly uh, on a train platform in San Francisco a few mm-hmm. years back. Um, and it's basically the story of his last day leading up to his getting killed on a trade platform. I mean, the movie's the movie's pretty good, but Jordan is just unreal. Like, you watch that and you go, oh, yeah, that's the reason that he is on everybody's short list for everything right now. Um, Joaquin Phoenix in Her, fantastic, and Oscar Isaac in Inside Llewyn Davis. I mean, like, they, I mean... I could come up with five other people who aren't nominated. Like, I could come up with a whole other group of nominees that didn't make the cut this year. It's it's ridiculous. Um, I, I mean, I think that's a pretty strong case for opening up these categories a little bit. Not that there needs to be nine nominees, but, you know, maybe not limited to five. Maybe six, maybe seven in a good year, you know?
0: Well, I'll tell you what. Why don't we, because it's a long list.
1: It is a long list. Why, we don't need to go through all of these. No, categories. but why don't we go through and give your picks? Sure. Really quick. Uh, we'll do. I, I can do uh, what I'd like to win and what I think will win, which is pretty kind of what I marked here. Sure. Uh, Hit it. So we did best picture. We did uh, directing. Uh, actor. Um, I. Th- don't talk about it. Just Chewetle, I think Chiwetel Ejiofor for Twelve Years a Slave. Um, he. I would love to see him win. I think he might actually win. Uh, McConaughey won the Golden Globe. I don't think he's gonna win an Oscar. Um, if Christian Bale wins, I'm gonna be really sad, and I love Christian Bale, but he, you know he's getting nominated for having a fat belly and funny hair. Um, I, I think it's gonna be Edgio Four. Um, if DiCaprio, I'd be fine with DiCaprio as well. I, I, like that, and that guy. This is an incredible year for him, but Edgio performance is just. Like, I got. I don't know how you not how you vote for anybody over him. Blanchett, Kate Blanchett is best actress. Done, sold. Uh, Sammi Bullock is a is a nice alternate. Again, if Amy Adams wins, I mean, fine, whatever. Um, <laughs> I real Brie Larson for uh, for uh, short term twelve. She, I mean, she's incredible in that movie. Um, you I, love I re- her. you love her. She's she's fabulous. Uh, I mean, I in all fairness, I used to work for her manager. Um, I never met Brie, but, I mean, I used to work for her manager. But, she, I mean, she's unbelievable in that movie. Uh, I would have loved to see her make that cut. Um, supporting actor, Fastbender, Michael Fastbender for 12 years. Uh, I I think he might pull this off. Jared Leto's certainly got some good his, buzz. I mean, his time is
0: coming anyway, Fastbender. Oh, yeah, for no, absolutely. something, it's something gonna, it's, or other at some point.
1: It's going to happen. And, yeah. again, I think if 12 years is sort of making the sweep, I think Fastbender's a no-brainer. Um I, I don't see Bradley Cooper getting it even if Hustle's sweeping. I don't see Bradley Cooper getting it. Um I think Fastbender's probably got a very strong a very strong chance there. I I mean I would be overjoyed to see Jonah Hill pull it off as well. I think he actually I think he's good in Moneyball. I think here he actually deserves an Oscar nomination yeah. for Wolf of Wall Street. And Barkin Abdi for Captain Phillips, the guy who plays the lead pirate. Also nominated. And he's fantastic. And he's not an actor. Um, Yeah. I don't think he will do it. I mean, I think he's very good in it. He feels very authentic, but he feels very authentic because he's a guy from Somalia who's, you know, he knows that that role, he knows that, that character he's sort of playing, but he's not, a, he's not an actor, so I feel like, the, you know, well, the also, Academy's probably a little,
0: Well, also no one has any associations with him. Yeah, exactly. So, so I, To overcome.
1: I think, I think, I think Fassbender is probably gonna pull that off. All right. Uh, and supporting actress, Lupita Nyong'o, absolutely, for 12 Years of Slave. I mean, she is just, I, I there, there are no words for her performance. It is, so, powerful, on every single level. Jennifer Lawrence won the Golden Globe and look Jennifer Lawrence is very good but like I feel like this is one of those roles that's like designed to make your mom love Jennifer Lawrence you know like my it's, mom it's fine you know but like she's not doing anything she's very good she's very likable she's she's got a lot of personality but I don't look see how anybody looks at her next to Lupita and puts them on even remotely at the same level Sally Hawkins for Blue Jasmine, also fantastic. And June Squibb for Nebraska. I was really happy to see both of those nominations for Nebraska. Uh, adapted Screenplay, probably 12 years. Um, I'd be okay with Wolf of Wall Street, but probably 12 years. Especially, even if American Hustle ends up sweeping, You know, that'll probably be the category that 12 years pulls off. Uh, I love that Before Midnight is under Adapted Screenplay. Uh, it's adapted from... The characters of Before Sunrise, <laughs> uh, which is why it's under adapted, even yeah. though it's an original script. Um, it I think it's endlessly funny that it's in that category. Um, American Hustle probably under original screenplay, um, which equally hilarious because it's based. It's not based on a book or an article or anything, but it is based on true events. So. Uh, I mean, it's adapted from reality, but, uh, I, but I think, I mean, I would give it to her without thinking. I mean, her, that that script is incredible just because it goes in so many directions that you don't think it's going to go. You hear that pitch, oh, a guy who falls in love with Siri, essentially, and you think, oh, I know exactly what that movie is, and you don't know what that movie is. That movie goes in so many really interesting and profound, unexpected directions. Uh, I, I, I think it enjoys, I I, I think it deserves endless praise. Uh, I think and Davis should be in that category as well. Documentary feature, man. uh, uh, Oh, the Netflix thing. So, so, uh, the Square is nominated for for. I'm going to go see that on Monday. Actually, the director is going to be there for Q and A, so I'm very excited to see that. That's uh, I believe that's a Netflix film, uh, produced film. So I think that's Netflix's first Oscar nomination. Um, I believe
0: you're correct about that.
1: Blackfish is a great film, not nominated. That's uh, so about every all the you know shady shit going down at Sea World. Yep. Um, and Stories We Tell is an incredible experience. Uh, also not nominated. That's Sarah Polly's documentary about her own family history. And I feel like, I, I don't want to give away anything about that movie, but there's a big shift like three quarters of the way through that film. There's a big turn. And I, I don't want to give it away specifically, but I feel like you know it really messes with the form of what is and is not a documentary. And I feel like that may have been what held it back from winning Best Documentary or getting a nomination for a documentary feature. But the act of killing... Is an incredible film. Uh, it, I haven't seen any of these other ones. Uh, I've heard of Twenty Feet from Stardom. Um, I almost saw it a couple times, but The Act of Killing is is uh, a singular experience. Uh, I really and Draft House Films has just been killing it this year. So I really hope The Act of Killing pulls it off. Uh, I would have loved to see a band called Death in this category as well. <laughs> um, and that's that's a fantastic film. But uh, you know, what, what are you going to do? Foreign language film, I, uh, you know, that's always a tough one. Uh, I have seen *The Hunt*. Um, that's an incredible film about uh, a guy, but a teacher, a kindergarten teacher, who's accused of uh, sexual misconduct with, uh, you know, a kindergarten student, um, and it's he's falsely accused, and you know, he's falsely accused. There's no mystery to that, um, but it's watching how the community reacts to these accusations. Um, And, uh, it's, it's a fantastic movie that I knew nothing about. I literally, I tried to go see the butler, um, and got locked out. Uh, I was advanced screening and I was the next person in line when they cut it off. So I said, well, what else are they showing? The hunt is starting. I I don't know anything about it. I'll go in and it's, it's fantastic. So, um, I'm surprised Blue is the Warmest Color didn't get nominated. Um, that's a French film which won the Palme d'Or at Cannes, uh, it may not have been France's uh, submission for best film this year. It was kind of a late end of the year kind of thing. So I, I don't know. I didn't I didn't see what their submission was or not. But I'm surprised it wasn't nominated at the very least. Um, animated film, I kind of don't care this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really see any of these movies. In fact, I literally haven't seen any of these movies. I assume Frozen is going to win. A lot of people really like Frozen. Um, I also assume Frozen is going to win for best original song. Which is a category I usually care a lot about, because um, I, you know, I, I really, I have a big sort of music background. Um, so I, Frozen's nominated for one. I mean, people really like this movie, so I feel like it'll probably win. Uh, there's also Despicable Me Two is nominated for Best Original Song. Uh, there's a song from her nominated. I would love to see that win because I think all the music in her is incredible. Um, and there's a song from Mandela that's nominated. Um, And then there's this other song called Alone Yet Not Alone from uh, a movie of the same name, which I was just reading today, you know, it was sort of this weird surprise nominee uh, because really nobody has seen this movie. It had a short qualifying theatrical run, um, but the guy who composed it, who was actually nominated, Bruce uh, Broughton, was a former... Uh, Academy governor um, in the music category. And I guess the music category, like to get him nominated for music, it's actually, I guess, a much smaller voting pool. It's only about 250 people. Oh, really? Um, and they don't even necessarily have to see the movie. They basically get sent uh, like a DVD with just the song in the context of the film. Um, huh. And so, this, I guess, you know, there's, I guess, a little bit of a, there's little murmurs about. Uh, that this guy, not that necessarily that it's shady, but that, like, isn't it interesting that this guy who used to be an Academy Governor yeah. is nominated for yeah. this song from this yeah. movie that nobody knows anything about? Like, you go on Rotten Tomatoes, you go on Box Office Mojo, it literally has no reviews. Like, nobody saw this fucking movie. Um, which is only a shame in that there are a lot of other really good uh, original songs this year, although I don't think they qualified uh, like a band called Death is full of great music. I don't think they would qualify for original song because they weren't written for the movie. They are they are original songs, but they were just made back in the '70s and already released. So they, I'm sure they don't qualify. Um, and all of the music from the Inside Lou Davis soundtrack is incredible, but a lot of that doesn't qualify either um, because they're not new songs. They're not original. Um, there's one that's sort of semi original. Uh, it's uh, it's Oscar Isaac, Oscar Isaac who s- does all of the music in the movie, he sings everything himself. But uh, Oscar Isaac, and Justin Timberlake, and Adam Driver who is fucking hilarious in this song. He just kills it, especially in the scene where they sing it on, on screen. Uh, the song is called Hey Mr. Kennedy, and it's about going into space. Um, and it's it's catchy, and it's fun, and it's hilarious, uh, but it's it's literally based on the tune from another song. Uh, and they pretty much just sort of rewrote the lyrics, so I, I don't I don't think it qualified, which is which is a shame. Mm. Um, and then you know the other one that kind of threw me. Uh, well, okay, well first of all, makeup, uh, makeup very short category. There are three nominees: uh, Dallas Buyers Club, which will probably win, I suspect, because there's a lot of uh, you know it's a bunch of the characters in that movie have AIDS, so it's a lot of you know very gaunt faces and people dying and sick and all that stuff. That. Um, if Jared Leto doesn't win, especially if he does win Best Supporting Actor, I would certainly assume that that's going to win Best uh, Makeup and Hair. Uh, Lone Ranger, fuck The Lone Ranger. That's one of the worst movies of the last year. Um, but, more importantly, fucking Jackass Presents Bad Grandpa, Oscar-nominated <laughs> film. That's amazing. That's like the year Eminem was nominated and won an Oscar. That's, I mean, God, like... I forgot about that. Yeah, Eminem... Oscar winner. Oscar winning song performer. Amazing. The real the, Slim the, Shady. The real Slim Shady Oscar winner. Um, but then, uh, you know, original score. I So I'm kind of a film score nerd. I love I love film score. I've become kind of a film score nerd. Yeah.
0: And it's this year because I've been doing so much studying. Yeah. Yeah, it was great studying music. It's, yeah, I do. I listen to it a lot when I'm writing. My my ones of choice for right now are, let's see, Pacific Rim. Yeah. Kick-Ass 2. Kick,
1: yeah. I guess that's good music. Man here. of Steel. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and then I, I dip back into the Bear McCreary stuff. Oh, yeah, because sure. Because it's Bear
1: McCreary. The original score this year is we got John Williams. The the name is John Williams for The Book Thief, Stephen Price for Gravity, William Butler, and Owen Pallet for her. I think those are the two guys. Uh, most of the music for her, I think, is Arcade Fire. So I think those are uh, um, guys from Arcade Fire. Um, Alexander Desplat from, uh, for Philomena, and Thomas Newman for Saving Mr. Banks. So, you know, Williams, Desplat, Newman, those are the sort of big names in film score. Um, but, yeah, there are a, a lot of the sort of big budget stuff. I thought it had fantastic scores. Uh, yeah, Hans Zimmer's Man of Steel score is, I mean, th- I, that feels like an almost impossible task because... You know, trying to write new score for a Superman film when John Williams' or you know Superman score is so iconic and so memorable, but I think Zimmer knocks it out of the park. You know, I, I
0: it's an interesting thing for me. So I, I also have a strong musical background. Um, and my I remember upon seeing Man of Steel, I did not like the soundtrack.
1: Yeah, I really did like not. Like in the context of the film, you yes. found it distracting.
0: I, no, I didn't find it distracting. I found it heavy-handed. Yeah, I thought it was too much Zimmer. Just too much Zimmer. Mm. I, like, I thought it was Batman Redux. Okay. And I just didn't want to hear it again. But upon listening to it On its own. In yeah, in isolation, on its own, apart from the movie, which I still have not seen a second time. Um and, you know, having I have all three of the Dark Knight trilogy yeah. soundtracks. And it is it is very different and it's not anywhere close to as brooding. Yeah. It's still pretty brooding. No, but the, yeah, it, but there's some drama there. But it lightens up a little bit. And actually, but the reason why I like the Kick-Ass soundtrack yeah. is because it's not the Man of Steel soundtrack. Hmm. Because, again, when you're studying, you don't really want to pay attention to it. Yeah. And you don't want something that, that like my gripe, my initial gripe, and it, it's still there to a point with the Man of Steel soundtrack, is that it's it's trying so freaking hard to be epic. Yeah. Like, like deliberately epic. Oh, sure. And but I love that shit. I, well, I know, I know. But the thing is that when you're trying to... Ign- you just want something you can ignore. <laughs> you you don't want that. And the thing is, that's the that's the strength of the kick-ass soundtrack. It lightens up. You yeah. can kind of forget that it's on. Mm-hmm. Which is, for my purposes anyway, what I'm looking for. Sure, if I, I want to listen to it, yeah. like really listen to a soundtrack, yeah. they're a soundtrack. But no, it's different, I, I, yeah. But, but there's also just a lot of music that I can listen to when I want to listen to it. Pacific
1: Rim, I think, is very similar. Very similar, yeah. Ramin Djawadi, I think he, I I really love his score for that film. Yeah, I do too. And and you're right, I mean, there's, it's, you know, in places, it's really fun and upbeat, but at the same time, it's got that, you know, it really resounds with that epic quality during, you know, in the context of film, like during some of those fight scenes. Um, it, and and you've got a great heroes theme there too. And it's and
0: it's nice. The, the nice thing about that soundtrack is that it has the momentum without having the locomotion thing that Hans Zimmer has to do in every single time. Yeah. He, I mean, if you if you listen to the Batman soundtrack, mm-hmm. the bum 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 all yeah. the time, and the same thing with Superman, and then even uh, in how he influenced Daft Punk for Tron. Sure. It's the same. Absolutely. It's like you.
1: It, it's got his fingerprints all over it, and it and it pushes along. I'm pushes. surprised that Pacific Rim also wasn't nominated for visual effects uh yeah G- gravity the hobbit lone ranger iron man 3 and star trek into darkness um i'm kind of okay with most of those uh the lone ranger like there there's a big train sequence which is all visual effects which right. is which is really impressive but the majority of the movie is kind of like yeah i don't give a shit um i mean most of the movie is i don't give a shit um but i will recognize that that train sequence is really great effects work but pacific room is a movie that hinges on great effects work. Uh, yeah. I'm surprised it didn't make it I mean, cut. Gravi-
0: Gravity belongs there. Yeah. Well, I think Gravity's gonna win. I yeah, I, mean, and, I don't see and, how and Gravity doesn't win. it should. It, sh- it should win. I mean, even yeah. if all the other things that we would want yeah. to be in there are in there, Gravity should still win. Hobbit?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Lone Ranger, haven't seen, don't want to. Iron Man 3? I... Uh, Iron Man 3, okay, so we were watching I mean, a little p- part of this today, and I'll say this. Um, Iron Man 3 is actually a movie that I would have loved, another movie I would have loved to see nominated for original score. Um, Brian Tyler does the score for Iron Man 3. He also did the score for Thor this year, and I think both of those scores are actually really strong. i got to give him another Um second. Iron Man 3 specifically has got a great, like, you watch that movie and that, that theme will kind of stick in your head for the rest of the day, huh. and which is really impressive if for no other reason then he's coming in on round three, technically round four of the character, but he's coming in for the third movie in that franchise and finally seems to nail down an iconic theme which the franchise hasn't really had up to that.
0: point. Yeah, I mean, when I think of Iron Man, I think of ACDC. Exactly.
1: You think of that music cue, which is like the thing everybody thinks of. But his score really works, and it, like it'll it'll really it'll it's really funny, stick in your head it's for the day. Funny that
0: it's not Sabbath. <laughs> well,
1: I'm just saying, but whatever. Anyway,
0: are you surprised by Star Trek being there?
1: No, I mean, I think those effects are. I think the effects are all really good. the 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 space jump bit is really good, where they jump from ship to ship. Is really good. Uh, what is what is it standout? I mean, I would have put Pacific Rim over it. So would but, I. But I, but I also don't have a huge problem with it being there. It's not like what the fuck is that doing here? Fair enough. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's fine. I mentioned earlier, Cate Blanchett for uh, Blue Jasmine. Uh, Sally Hawkins also nominated for Blue Jasmine, and I think it's also nominated for uh, screenplay. Um, it's great. It's a great movie. Uh, I saw it a while back I, you know I'm way behind I still haven't written it up um but it's certainly one of yeah, on, Alan's up, certainly one of allen's better movies in a couple years Alan. i re- I, re- I really liked uh, uh, midnight in paris as well um but you know Woody Allen's a guy who he literally puts a movie out every year so some of them are really good and they're not they're not all great um but he also got a uh, Lifetime Achievement Award. He got the Cecil B. DeMille Award at the Golden Globes this past week, and uh, a lot of controversy kind of sprung back up uh, over Woody Allen. Um, obviously, he has a very shady past. He well, is here's the
0: question: Should he win the Cecil B. Demented Prize of Our Hearts? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that might be a good way to put it, I guess. Uh, well, so the here's here's what it, here's what happened for me. So uh, so obviously he has this this checkered past uh he is currently married to uh previn who at the time when they sort of got together she was his 19 year old stepdaughter so obviously that's pretty fucking weird um but there were also accusations uh at the time back in the in the 90s that he you know, basically that he molested his seven-year-old stepdaughter, Dylan Farrow, uh, Mia Mia Farrow's daughter. And so when he won, uh, the or was sort of awarded the Cecil B. DeMille Lifetime Achievement Award this year, which he did not accept in person because he doesn't really go to award shows, so Diane Keaton accepted for him. Um, So when he was given this award, uh, Mia Farrow and uh, Ronan Farrow... Uh, we're tweeting critical things, saying, oh, it's, you know, we're giving awards to people who have been accused of these, this awful behavior and whatnot. Um, and so that's, look, that's, you know, that, that is what it is. But uh, what really kind of put it into an interesting perspective for me was uh, a friend of mine and, and Jamie's, um, and ladies and gentlemen. My dear wife Jamie, here Hi. here joining us for this for this special segment, our, a friend of ours, uh, I which I wasn't aware of this. I don't know, Who's did this? you Did you know this? I did not. A friend a friend of ours uh, is actual actually knows Dylan Farrow, like is actually friends with her. When the Oscar nominations came out, she our friend sort of quoted Dylan Farrow's Facebook status that she put up in response to the nominations and the uh, Demille Award and all this stuff, and there was a part of it. That really kind of stuck out to me. So she made this point, saying, you know, uh, if this man was your your second grade teacher and he got an award for super great teaching, you sure as shit wouldn't want people to keep sending their kids to his classroom, right? And like, I don't. First of all, I don't. I don't know if that's necessarily an apt comparison. You know, a, a teacher of adolescent children and a film director like there's a there's a level of First of all, like, influence and certainly well, okay. direct physical involvement there, there that is well, it's not level, on par.
0: There's a level of intensity of influence with scope of influence. Right. That's different. Right. And it's, I mean, on the one hand, a teacher, yes, it's it's a position of a direct authority yeah. over children. Whereas Woody Allen has, a, his, the breadth of his influence is far greater.
1: Right. And maybe it cancels. Right. So, but the the thing that really stuck out to me um, was, she, she says, uh, and for God's sakes, throw away that douchey Annie Hall DVD because you look like a jackass. That was the thing that really stuck out to me and made me wonder, you know, does does the fact that he is accused of this improper conduct therefore negate all of his... Uh, all of his art, you know, C- can we draw the line between the films he's created and the guy who's created them?
0: Okay, I'm gonna redirect. Okay, let's talk. <laughs> let's talk about Lewis Black. Okay, a guy walks into a bar. Yeah, Michael Jackson. Yeah, <laughs> do you remember that? No. It's from it's from one of his standups. It Maybe it's the Carnegie Hall one, where he made the point that because Michael Jackson was such a caricature, even of himself, yeah. later, you know, late in his career and late in his life,
1: um,
0: you know, was it still okay to like Michael Jackson?
1: But this is, a, but, but you're saying like, like Michael Jackson or like Michael Jackson's music? Well, like so this, is, this is, this is exactly my point. Right, so this is my question, is like, you can still say like, oh, Michael Jackson, you know, you shouldn't put your kids near Michael Jackson well, and I like, I, you know, I, that's not a guy I want to support and be around. But are you not allowed to like Thriller anymore? Well. You know, like, that that's my question is, are, am I not allowed to like Andy Hall? Because, he, you know, at, later in life he did some, he may or may not have done something awful. I mean, mm-hmm. like, I, I don't want to pick sides here, and I don't want to say whether or not he did something, because there's no, there's no way for me to say anything. Other. The only barometer that I have as, you know, Citizen Daily over here mm-hmm. is whether or not he's convicted of a crime. And that doesn't mean whether or not he did it. Like, just because he's convicted doesn't mean he didn't do it. But I don't have any other way of, you know, affixing guilt or innocence to him.
2: First of all, I need to go back and get you on a technicality that he was not her stepfather. They adopted her together. She was his father. Sorry, that's what I meant. He I meant, was her father. Yeah, no, no, no sorry. I meant purposes. I meant adopted father, yes. not
1: biological father yes. was the point I meant. No, but yes, but correct. he was sorry. her father, for yes. all intents and correct. purposes. Correct,
2: sorry. Um. But... And you and I had talked about this before, but I feel like if I were in her position, whether or not people continue to support him would mean a huge deal to me. Right. And people try and like what you just said, like, can't I still like his other stuff? Like, whether or not people continue to support him and whether or not people are like, oh, but I still just want to watch this movie, like, that would actually mean a, a huge deal to me in terms of people believing my story and in terms of people supporting me.
1: Right, no, and I, I, don't, I don't disagree with that. Um, so I guess my question is, um, even on an on a even simpler, baser level, um, not necessarily whether or not it's okay to still like Woody Allen, but is it possible? Can you draw the distinction between the man and his art? You know? like is is it possible to still say you know to still be able to enjoy his films uh you know regardless of the person who made them and you know whatever he else he may have done while not making films you know and and not even a matter of well if i you know am paying admission to go to see his movie or if i'm buying his dvds and i'm essentially you know giving him money and i'm uh, you know, giving you know, uh, uh, contributing to his fame and notoriety, and, uh, and you know, I mentioned this with you earlier. We, we went through a similar discussion. A lot of people went through a similar debate uh, this past year with Ender's Game, uh, because like for example, you and I, Jamie, you and I both really love the Ender's Game books. You know, they're some of our favorite books. Um, but Orson Scott Card is a douche. Orson Scott Card uh, is a really like Bigoted asshole who not only like strongly opposes uh, marriage equality, but actively contributes money to organizations that work to oppose gay marriage. So it's not even a matter of well, if I'm you know buying a ticket to his movie, then I'm sort of tacitly supporting this guy. It's if I'm paying a ticket to this movie, I am giving money to Orson Scott Card, who is going to turn around and give that money. To people I fundamentally oppose. What about Wolf? Hmm. Yeah.
2: Like uh, I was going to say Jordan, too. With too earlier, Belfer, when you and same I were talking about this, I was going to bring that up.
1: Yeah. I was no, and no, exactly. It's, I mean, ass. no. The same, the same. You can make the same argument there. Mm. Um, but so, but that, so I guess my but my point is, you know, ticket sales and monetary reimbursement aside, like just on the level of. Being able to, can, like, am, is, am I no longer able to watch a movie? Are you? Are, do you have a problem with watching a Woody Allen movie and uh, not being able to think, you know, this guy probably did something fucking terrible and therefore I can no longer appreciate his movies? Can I not watch Annie Hall?
2: I don't know how you could still feel the same way. Like, watching all his movies and enjoying them as you may and then finding out... Particular things about these accusations. I don't, I honestly don't know how you do still watch those movies in the same way and how you feel okay about it because I don't think I would. And I mean, we also, I have to say, just for the sake of, you know, full disclosure, I'm not a huge Woody Allen fan regardless. Right. You know, like I don't, sorry, his movies have never clicked with me. So for me, I, I, but I try to think of it as like, what if it was a director whose movies I did really love? How would I feel? And honestly, I couldn't watch them the same way right. because I would be really upset. Can I,
1: let me, can I, let me just clarify one thing. So when I say, "Am I not allowed to like this?" I'm using that term rhetorically. Not, I'm waiting for someone to tell me the answer. But I, really, I'm using that as a prompt because I'm speaking to the two of you. I'm, I'm using that as a prompt to say, you know, is you know. Is this a thing? You know, is this an honest question? You know, is it insane for me to wonder whether or not it's okay for me to still like his movies?
2: Well, no, it's not insane. Everyone in the world is having that exact same conversation.
1: Well, right, no, but I guess I guess that's my point. I mean, I'm, I'm using the I'm using it as a prompt to say, you know, I I you know, aside from Woody Allen, I enjoy aside from the you know his the current events of his life, I enjoy a lot of his films. I think he's a very funny writer. Uh, I, I think a lot of his early movies are really, really good, and some of his later movies are very, very good. Um, and uh, for me, I think I might be in a interesting. Uh, I might fall within an interesting era in that I didn't. I was not exposed to, or I didn't. Wasn't really familiar with Woody Allen uh, in my younger ages. Um, so certainly, I was alive when all of these controversies came to light but I was young enough that most of them kind of went over my head, and I didn't really hear about them as they were happening. So uh, I, I, the, really the, the full details of the, of the Dylan Farrow thing really didn't come to me until you know very more uh, recently. I was more aware of the Sunni Previn part of it, which is, oh, he was with his 19-year-old daughter. Which is creepy. No, super creepy. Like, I'm not making any excuses for that. Um, But there's at least somewhat of a fuzzy gray line there because technically she's an adult it's not as making it any less creepy but yeah, there's a difference between 19 and 7 though is my I point I was going to
2: say but even though it's far less creepy you still have the same thing of he was an authority figure to her and to what extent he abused that no absolutely the line that keeps coming to mind
0: if I have to pick one movie line that's coming to mind mm. anytime Woody Allen comes up it's always the same one there's wrong and there's wrong and then there's this yeah you know what I mean yeah and here's the thing is I want to go back to Michael Jackson yeah. this is Michael Jackson He's the weirdest, creepiest man I've ever even come across in my life. Sure. And that having been said, and I, I don't... guess I, he's dead. God rest him. I would not trust him for anything. But... And I don't, I'm don't. i not even a particularly huge Michael Jackson fan. I mean, you know, as much as anybody, I guess. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I'm not going to go and put roses by the gate right or whatever. Um, but I challenge you to watch the video of rock with you mm. and not appreciate the raw talent of that guy yeah and it's the same thing with Woody Allen. and i mean i'm a champion dissociator but i mean can i appreciate it yes am i gonna feel kind of wonky yeah absolutely
1: sure no and and you know michael jackson like that's the feeling i have you know when i hear you know a song like thriller for example it's like i recognize that like this is a great song. This is an all time classic tune. Um, but yeah, I also can't escape the fact that he's a fucking scumbag. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. can't escape all of those. You know, I. You know, I. We sort of grew up in the prime age for like. Michael Jackson jokes, like we sort of aged into the, uh, part, uh, you know, into the era of understanding like sexuality right at the point where Michael Jackson was being accused of sexual misconduct. So like Michael Jackson jokes were like very much like of the, of the day, uh, right where they would really have started to make an impact on, on like, you know, people of our age group. So yeah, there's no way for me to listen to Thriller and not think, oh, this is Michael Jackson and Michael Jackson was a creepy motherfucker. But at the same time, like, that doesn't detract from my enjoyment of the song itself, you know? Um, so, I I mean, I guess that's that's my dilemma with Woody Allen, which is like, yeah, he has this really... Unf- Roman Polanski's the same way, you know? They have these really fucked up histories, uh, and they, you know, probably did these really terrible, terrible things. Polanski, definitely. Terrible, well, yes, no. Thing. Polanski there's definitely no did. Probably. Polanski fled the country. So yeah. there's really no argument there. Um, but, the, you know, so they did these terrible, you know, there's, there are these terrible things in their pasts. Um, but, like, does that mean they're, you know, obviously they're going to continue making movies because that's their profession. But no,
2: not obviously. Well, people I'm, do not have to continue to fund their movies. People do not have to continue to act in their movies. People do not have to continue to go see their movies. And people do not have to continue to distribute their movies. And that, I think, is the issue here. So when you say obviously, like it's inevitable, that's part of the problem.
1: Well, no, I agree. But I'm saying... I mean... I, I married s- these two. I just want to say, like... <laughs> certainly, certainly in the case of Woody Allen... <laughs> regretting that as much as I am right now. <laughs> no, but certainly in the case of Woody Allen, I mean... He was, by the time all of this stuff came down, he was already successful enough that whether or not a studio was going to back him, you know, obviously the actor part notwithstanding, I mean, you obviously, anyone, even, you know, no matter who it is, and we were talking a minute ago about, uh, you know, foreign film uh, The Hunt, and that was one of the interesting things about that movie was, you know, this kindergarten teacher who's accused of sexual misconduct with with a student and sort of who sticks by him and who doesn't. Um, even though in that film, you know he's innocent the whole time. Um, it, it, anyone basically has friends, uh, and so there, there's always going to be someone who will stick by you and someone who will support you. Um,
0: well, more to the point, if you're Woody Allen, okay, all of the stuff you just said being true, and it is. Yeah. Given the amount of money that he already has, exactly, thing, and, he was already and, very and, successful and given, by the, and given the, 90s. the low barriers of entry at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can make a movie. We have. And if you're Woody Allen, you have the notoriety already that you
1: can distribute it yourself. And it will get around, no problem. Sure. So, you're right. Right. So that's the point. But, even, even if he's not getting A-list actors, right. even if a big studio isn't going to back him or distribute him, like he's going to keep making movies because he's not going to do anything else. Like He doesn't have another career he's going to switch to. Like The only other thing he's going to do is stop doing anything at all and basically just retire and and live, you know, live off of what he has. Right. And, you know, know, that's fine. But, you know, assuming that he is not going to do that because, and look, based on the fact that He makes a movie every year. Like I think that's just a part of who Woody Allen is. He's not a guy. He could sit kind of sit back on his laurels and make a movie every five years, and that would be fine. But he's clearly a guy who needs to be active and needs to be continually doing stuff. Otherwise, he wouldn't churn out a movie every twelve months. So, like you know, assuming that that is still the case, and he's going to continue to make films, even if he's just making these movies himself and then essentially distributing them digitally you know, for five bucks yeah. downloading off a website, like, my, if he wants to, he can.
2: Right, I know he can, but I, my point is that that's the problem. You're not, that wrong. there will always be enablers. That's yeah. my point. And that's why it drives me crazy when people are coming down on Mia Farrow and Ronan Farrow for, and Dylan Farrow for trying to make a big deal out of this at the Golden Globes, like they've done something wrong. Yeah. Whereas I feel like they're perfectly justified because they're basically trying to say, stop supporting this and stop enabling this, and this is someone who wrecked our family and perhaps is not entitled to the career that he has based on the human being that he is. Sure.
1: And I would never, you know, I think Ronan Farrow and Mia Farrow are perfectly reasonable in you know, criticizing him and making their point and saying, yeah, he's perhaps doesn't deserve this lifetime achievement award, like, he does not deserve, you know, all of the success that he's had since all of this stuff came out, I I am making no argument there, Um, I'm I'm just talking about, you know, simply on an individual, you know, film by film basis, basically, Draw, try, whether or not it's possible to draw the distinction between the person and the art. This is this is the thing that happened obviously it's a very different scenario but you know people were having this conversation a while a long time ago with with Tom Cruise. When Tom Cruise went into his like crazy like jumping on Oprah's couch phase and like Saying insane shit to anyone who would listen,
2: but he's just weird. He's right? Not no, actually hurting anybody. No,
1: exactly. But but a lot of people like were unable to from that point like watch him in a movie without thinking of him as like this crazy wacko who doesn't believe in psychology and jumps up on down on couches. Right, but you know, that's
2: like he's not my cup of tea. That's not like I'm making an active stand by not go, going to see his movies. That's just like I can no longer separate his weird personality from the character on screen and right. no longer is acting to me, I've lost the thread. You know, right. like, I just, I'm... Like, gonna no, I agree. Not, it, like, I don't like him anymore, so I'm not going to go see his movies. I agree. That's not like he's actively hurting somebody, so I don't want to contribute to no, his financial success. No,
1: I understand. And I said that, at the I was is saying, it's a, very, it's a very different scenario, and it's also very different because, you know, Cruz is the guy you're watching on screen, whereas, in a lot of these movies, certainly, uh... Uh, Jasmine and uh, uh, Midnight in Paris, which are sort of his last two big successes. Alan's not really on screen, so you know it's easy to kind of dissociate him to a certain degree because you're not actually looking at the guy for you know ninety minutes. Um, well, and ob- obviously, they're very different examples. But you know, I it's it's it's. I think it's an I think it's an interesting I think it's an interesting point whether you know because I like look. Okay, I'm not gonna like I'm I, I again like I said I I understand the. Uh, you know, the dilemma there, like, certainly I don't want to contribute to the, you know, financial success and well-being of someone who who does such fucking awful things. Um, but, like, I, that doesn't mean I want to throw away... I mean, I don't own Annie Hall, but if I owned Annie Hall, that doesn't mean I'd want to throw away my Annie Hall DVD. Um, but would you really
2: be Especially a movie like Annie Hall, where he's actually in, would you really be able to, like, watch it and look at him and not feel horribly creeped
1: out. I don't know. I haven't watched it in a while. I haven't watched a movie with him in it in a while. In, it'd certainly be in my head. I certainly wouldn't be able to not think about it, but whether or not it would completely taint the experience, whether or not I'd be no longer able to enjoy Annie Hall on any level, like, I, don't, I don't know. Unless I actually watch it again.
0: May I ask a more meta question? Sure. Um, this was, I was thinking of this earlier when you were going over your, your Oscar picks. Mm. Um, and I think it, it's appropriate to this conversation as well is if we're talking about the awards yeah okay or or a social commentary conversation like this which is maybe the point of all of cinema I don't know what are we talking about are we talking about the films as films or are we talking about the films as politics or the films as social constructs
1: you you see where I'm going yeah no
0: I mean I mean what's I guess that's my question: like Is can you separate them what's that way? fair? I mean, because you're both absolutely right. You know, you are, Jamie. You're absolutely right. You are. Period. Daily, you're right too. <laughs> the reason I was asking those questions earlier about the about yeah about uh, what the hell was it uh, <laughs> Here, he, about hustle? Yeah, you know, I was thinking, you know, if if it were. Because it, you, when you're weighing the movie, that movie, yeah. versus all the other movies it's against in order to, to determine best picture, whatever, all right? So you, it's not you're not evaluating the merits of the movie itself yeah. at that point. You're comparing it to the others yeah. in the field. And in the case of this, you're comparing the merits of the movie on its own in isolation yeah. to the person who made it and the shitty
1: things that he's done. Sure. It's like... I guess I feel, like, kind of think of it like a, like a painting, you know? Okay. If, if somebody makes a painting and there's a painting hanging on the wall, um, you know, the, the painting already exists. I'm going to take you out of this. Are you, are you, are you, are you mind, not, like, knowing whatever the never, painter never did, mind, like, never mind the, the pain art pain exists as it. owns Never, mind, own, never you know?
0: mind the painting that's already on the wall. Yeah. Okay? When that painter goes and makes a new one.
1: Yeah. Because that's... No, 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 but that... No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, whether or not he did it before or after the, the horrible thing, whether we are talking about you know, Blue Jasmine or Annie Hall before or after the thing. very
2: hung up on the throw out your Annie Hall DVD part. That's the part that's driving him crazy.
1: Well, no, I mean, I'm... I'm I mean, well, to a certain degree, yeah, but, I mean, my point is, like, like I said, I, I mean, I watched Blue Jasmine, I really liked Blue Jasmine, I really liked uh, Before Midnight, and I didn't spend... No, midnight in Paris. Midnight in Paris, sorry, I didn't I really like Midnight in Paris. I didn't spend, you know, the two hours of each of those movies sitting there thinking, like, these were films made by a child molester. Alright, You know, well, like, no, those, those were, stop, that was not stop, dominating stop, my stop. thinking. Do you like Woody Allen's movies? I think he's a, I think he's a very talented filmmaker, I think he's probably an asshole. Okay. I, think he's, I, think he's, I think he's a shitty person I think he makes good movies Daily.
0: Do you like Woody Allen's movies by and large? Yeah Okay Do you like Woody Allen the person? No Okay So you just separated those two things? Yeah Are you okay with that? Yeah well, There See? you go
2: This is why we have to get divorced
0: Oh shit <laughs> I'm not filing those papers. I would like
2: to point out that when he asked me to participate in this, I said, I have a feeling if I participate in this, it is not going to end well for us because I'm going to be mad at you and not like you anymore and we're going to get divorced. So
1: <laughs> That's actually what she said. <laughs> Legit, I was there. I, 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 wasn't, I-, I wasn't there. <laughs> All right, so... Uh, I mean, we can't end on that. I- <laughs> so, Jamie, you want... <laughs>
0: So you saw Masters of the Universe. I did not from really the see kitchen. Masters of the Universe.
2: I had, had to, headphones on, I know you did. Three quarters but that's, of the time. That's exactly
0: the reason I'm asking. If you had to pick the heart of the Ghostbusters for Masters of the Universe. Based on what you did see...
2: Clearly it'd be the high school band member who is the only one who can remember a song he heard at one time. Tom Paris. It is Lieutenant Tom Paris. Apparently nobody else can remember songs they hear and that is the key to everything in Masters of the Universe. True story. It is in fact the key to the universe. Legit. It is
1: literally the key to the universe. It makes you the master. Indeed. That probably just about wraps it up for us. I think it wraps it up for you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I may not be married by the time we get around to our next podcast. We'll see what happens. Um, uh, we're on iTunes now. Hey, hey, we're on iTunes. Hey, look at that! Uh, I, I I figured out this whole iTunes thing. We are we are now uh, legit. We're we're a real we're a real podcast. Uh, so you can find us on iTunes. You can search for Daily Screening. D a l e y Screening uh and uh, subscribe to us there and and please rate us as well uh i don't yeah know what let's
0: tha- let's let's distribute this yeah this there thing.
1: there are stars you can write reviews uh i don't i neither don't know what it means us, but neither i neither s- of
0: us has molested anybody
1: that's true so uh don't i
2: make jokes i'm trying to be light I'll divorce you too <laughs> I'm
1: i don't sorry i don't know what the ratings mean but i assume that good ratings are good for our podcast uh, i from what I can gather, uh, in the like two weeks or so that since we've been on iTunes, I I think some people have found us there, so that's that's nice. It's mm. encouraging. So uh, so please subscribe to us on iTunes, uh, or you can find us on SoundCloud. Um, uh, you can find me obviously on the website dailyscreening.com, uh, as well as on Facebook uh, and on Twitter at daily screening. Uh, and Bart, you are a phantom web presence. I, uh, that's what I like who, to be. Who continues to exist in the dark net. That's fine. Uh, That's fine. Jamie, thank you for uh, joining us. Uh, I I hope we're still married next time we record a podcast. I love you. I do not love you. Oh, no!
0: I'm fucked. As long as I still get etouffee, I'm okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you might be the only one getting etouffee by the time this is all said and done. Uh, Have a lovely evening and a fantastical...